Well, it's good to have you here this morning. Put your Bible up. We're going to do a sword drill really quick. And uh, Brother Andrew, do you mind grabbing? There's some candy sitting there in the back, just some candy. I think it's on the table. That chocolate is, can I borrow some of that, Pastor Hernan, some of that chocolate? Thank you. All right, Bible's up, all the way up. We'll do a sword drill. Pastor Miller, get yours up. You're involved in this, okay? Yes, you do. I know. <laughs> By the way, you get two pieces if you know it. See, people say, well, you have to find it. If you know it, I'm not going to uh, condemn you. It's even better. You get double. You win double if you know the reference, okay? Uh, so if I say it, you stand up. That's how you get it, all right? Don't stand unless you have it or you get minus one, <laughs> okay? Because you, you can't go like this and then you hear this, okay? All right. Romans 1.17, go. Right here, in the middle, close. Minus one to Pastor Miller. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, wow, thank you. Go ahead, read it for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. There you go. Good job. All right. All right. Bible's up. Bible's up. Zephaniah 3.8. Go. Don't stand till you get it. Take your time. Zephaniah 3.8. Right here. Right here. Yes. The last warning to the United Nations. Good job. Zephaniah 3.8. Excellent. I'm going to say a verse. You tell me where it is. You get two for this. Okay? I say a verse. You tell me the exact reference. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. I know you know the verse. I want the reference. You get two for this. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Yes. No. It's okay. That's all right. Good try. Yes. Good job. All right. Good job. You should know that. Okay. All right. I told him. I told him, but I want to hurt his too. All right. All right. We got it. We're going. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. All right. Bible's up. Do a couple more here. Revelation. 3.20. Go. Oh, good job. Right here in the front. Yes. Oh, oh that's okay. Right, right in the back. You had it. Yep. Go ahead. Amen. Good job. All right. I'm going to say this reference. Okay. You, you tell me where this is. Okay. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Yes, yes. Good job. All right, that's worth two. Okay, all right. Okay, do just a couple more here. 
All right, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this one be a little bit, a little bit, uh, not harder, but I'm going to give you a verse. I want you guys to tell me where this verse is found in the Bible, okay? All right, Romans chapter number one, okay, that's the, that's the hint, but I'm going to tell you what, I want you to tell me what verse it is, what verse Romans chapter 1, what verses? So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Okay, what verse is that in Romans 1? Good job. All right. Okay. All right, Bible's up. One more on the sword drill. Bible's up. Okay, and Dean, you're in this one. Okay, no matter what. This is worth five. This is worth five. Okay. All right. Second Chronicles 7.13. Go. 2 Chronicles 7.13. Take your time. Don't stand. Unless you, go. You got it. You got it right here. Right here. 2 Chronicles 7.13. Yep. It's on fire right there. Good job. All right. Let's give her a round of applause for that one. Good job. You have to take your Bible, go to Revelation chapter number two, please. Revelation chapter number two. And I want to look at verse number one. Revelation chapter two and verse number one. The Bible says, Under the angel of the church at Ephesus, write, These things saith. He that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience. And for my name's sake, hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Notice verse 6, but this thou hast. Thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Would you read that part of verse 7, just the beginning of verse 7? Would you read that with me? Verse number 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Look at verse 29. Chapter 2, verse 29, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Turn to chapter 3 and verse 6, chapter 3 and verse 6, read it with me. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Look at chapter 3 and verse 13, read it with me. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And then lastly, look at verse 22. 
Chapter 3 and verse 22, read it with me. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let's pray. Father, I pray you'll bless your word this morning as it goes forth. Thank you for the young people that are here. I pray you'll use this message and the message to follow to speak to their hearts, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name, and amen. It's no mystery that God has a desire, folks, to speak directly to you. And keep in mind, this is the creator of the world that wants to speak to you. Now, the question is, how does that happen? How does God speak to you? And I, I really like to debunk many misconceptions. And, and one of them is the misconception that a lot of young people have is that, is that you know, well, when I get older, you know, then God's really going to speak to me. Uh, when I get to this age, then God's really going to speak to me. And, and that just simply isn't true. God can speak to you even when you're young. I won't have you turn there, but in 1 Samuel 3, we, we see a good picture of that as God spoke to Samuel as a young boy. The Bible says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And so it's our job to determine how God chooses to speak. And now, it isn't just going to be one way. God's going to speak to you in many different ways. He's going to speak to you, and it's our job to expose ourselves to those means and ultimately determine, what is God trying to say to me? One of the main thoughts I want us to consider this morning is, is that we never want to get to the point where we deceive ourselves in thinking that the Spirit is leading us when we've really just deceived ourselves because of the desires of our own heart. Well, the, the Spirit is leading me. Be, be careful. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17 and verse number 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Be very careful when it comes to um, discerning the voice of God. Make sure you're hearing the right voice. Years ago, when I was in, uh, when I was in high school, and I did, I played a lot of sports, uh, football, wrestling, track. Uh, I did a lot of skiing, just loved sports growing up. One particular uh, sport was probably my favorite sport. It was track and field. And one of the events that I uh, participated in, it was pole vaulting, okay? Pole vaulting is when you take the, that real long, some of you know, some of you don't. You, I mean, this is kind of like the, what I would envision as the little track as you're going down. You're taking a long pole, you're running down the track, you're planting it in the pole, you're rocking back, literally looking backwards, and you're going up, and you're turning over, and you're landing on the mat. It's, it's a rush. It's great. It was my favorite thing to do. Well, one particular event, uh, or one particular meet, I'm getting ready to go, and as you know, is there's other things going on. A track and field event, you've got all things. You've got long jump, you've got triple jump, you've got high jump, you've got the miles going around. All the events are taking place during that meet. I'll never forget this one particular day that I was just getting ready to go, and I think the 100-yard dash was to my right. They were getting ready to go, and I'm not really paying much attention to it, but I'm just kind of focused on this, and I'm running down the runway, and I plant in that thing, and I rock back, and boom! The pole broke, just pow, like that, and the 100-yard dash took off. 
because they thought it was the gun, but it was my pole that broke. And I landed on the Syntrax. That dates me because it wasn't rubber, it was Syntrax. And uh, they, they, were, they thought they heard the gun, but they didn't. They heard something else. They did not discern properly what they were supposed to discern and then reacted to and did something. I say that to say this, there are many adults and young people, many times, that aren't discerning the voice of God properly. And they're acting on and doing things that maybe they shouldn't be doing and saying that the Spirit led me when ultimately it's sometimes the deceitfulness of our own hearts and we're making uh, wrong decisions. And the reason this is so important is because life is a sum of your decisions. So hearing God speak is vitally important to you uh, in your walk with the Lord. Notice again in this verse, in verse 7 of chapter 2, he says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Make sure you're hearing the right voice. The devil is the great imitator. Only when you walk with God can you discern what voice is the voice of God. And you're able to block out all the other. You understand, there's a lot of things vying for your attention these days. There's a lot of things that you have uh, you know, in your ear. Make sure you're hearing the voice of God. I'll give you a few thoughts today of how maybe God can speak to you. Number one, God is going to speak to you through his word. You say, well, duh. Well, I say that, and, and I learned this a long time ago. Never be afraid to state the obvious. It's what most people have forgotten. So the question would be, just for an example, when you got up this morning, did you get alone with God? Did you just spend, I'm not talking about sweet hour prayer every day, but just simply got alone with God and you opened his word and he spoke to you through his word. See, sometimes if you do, you've closed off one of the greatest ways that God could ever speak to you if you don't simply get alone with him and spend time with him in his word. Interesting verse, turn if you, if you would to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, just briefly, and notice this verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, speed like sword drill speed, get there. I want you to see this uh, verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. We're talking about God speaking to you through his word. The Bible says, for this cause... Verse 13, also we thank God without ceasing because when you received, here it is, received the word of God, which you've heard of us, you received it not as the words of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh in you that, what's the last word? Believe. Notice three things in that verse. They heard it. Faith comes by hearing. They received it, just like there in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, they gladly received, and then it worked in them. It says at the very end of the verse. Folks, listen, God's word has been speaking to hearts for nearly 2,000 years. And I believe that today, uh, God's word has already spoken to hearts, even as we read it. It's important to remember that God's word doesn't return void. And by the way, 
that doesn't mean just when well the you know the preacher's preaching and he's throwing out the seed and it's gonna you know fall on the soul. Yes, absolutely. But even when you're reading your Bible alone with God, it's not gonna return void. You say, well, sometimes I'm reading and I don't really understand what I'm reading. There'll be many times. There's things that the that I still, as I spend time meditating on the Word of God, reading the Word of God, that I don't fully understand. I'm more worried about the things I do understand. <laughs> to be honest with you, you have to keep that in mind. The question is, are you listening as God tries to speak to you through His Word? Or are you having selective hearing? Secondly, look at John 16. John chapter 16. God's going to speak to you through his spirit. John chapter 16, look at verse 13. The Bible says, how be it, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Young people, I'd like to say to you today and just remind you that, that the Spirit of God is our teacher. The Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit in John 16, one of his jobs is to take the things of Christ and to show them unto us, to reveal it unto us. The question is this, are we listening? Are we listening? Are, are we obeying every impulse of the Holy Spirit? So how does God speak to you? He speaks to you through his word and he speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. So I'll give you a couple examples. In your daily life, okay? It might just be an impromptu leading that the Spirit of God is saying to you, you know, um, you ought to just send them a note. Write them a little card. Hey, you ought to, that person over there, maybe give them a gospel track. Maybe invite them to church. Whatever be the case, it will do you well if you learn to obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit. You listen to him as he speaks. I remember years ago, I was uh, doing a preaching for a guy in Tonga. How many of you know where Tonga is? I guess over here, you guys might know. We, we flew into, we flew from Fiji uh, over into Tongatupa, and then we went from Tongatupa uh, over into, Val, uh, uh, we were, excuse me, we were going from Tongatupa into Valvao. Okay, Valvao, which is where the missionary was. And I'll just give you an example how even there's been times, no doubt about it, where I've just been like, you, you, sometimes you just, you, you, you're, you're in a battle. The Spirit's speaking to you and leading you and, and you're just kind of struggling. And so I remember this time we, we were flying from Tonkatupa into Valvao. We're, we walk out there and we get to the, we look at this plane, Brother Dean, and it's, it's like a 1952 cigarette with wings. You know, it's like, we got to get on this thing. What are we doing here? And so, well, I had my family with me. We get on the plane, and I remember he's getting ready to land in Valvao, which is a real small island out on the outskirts there of Tonga. And, and he's circling around. It's, we're kind of in a little bit of a storm, and they land these things like a J, like this, you know, and they land them uh, by sight. And so we're coming around, and he's bringing this thing down. We're like, and he comes like this, and right as we're landing, he pulls up, pulls up. And I'm like, okay, this is different. I've never had this happen before. And 
he starts circling around. He goes, ah, we're a little bit of a storm here, uh, but we're going to try it again. We're like, try it again? Okay, so he comes down. He's trying to see it. He's coming down, and then all of a sudden, he pulls back up again. And he says, um, I don't think we're going to be able to land. So he brings us back to Tonga, to the, the capital there in Tonga Tupa, and we get there, and I'm just like, what? It's a Wesleyan Methodist. Everything's closed on Sunday. It was a Saturday. So I realized we're stuck. And I run up to the counter and I said, hey, could you get me? I've got my, my kids with me. I've got my wife. Could you just get me? Is there any room here? I mean, you got to understand this pretty rural area. A, a, a room. I need a room because we ain't getting out of here until Monday. And uh, so they, I said, just something near the water would be great. He's like, well, kind of everything here is near the water. Okay, well. <laughs> so we get this little, it was literally... Pastor Hernan, it was a grass hut, and there was five of them that were there. And, I, and, we, and we get there, and I, was, I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. It was beautiful, right? We got the only one with a, with a bathroom, which was just basically a hole in the ground. And, but uh, we had five other families, or excuse me, four other families that were with us. And I tell you that to tell you this. I got to meet some of them. Well, who they were, they were all medical doctors from New Zealand. Valvalu is known for, a, a, it's kind of a, a, a lot of the uh, yachties would go down there and take out their catamarans and everything. And so they're all doctors. They all got their families and we're there and we're kind of stranded for two days. Now I'm sitting there that Sunday morning. We woke up and I'm reading my Bible and I'm in Mark chapter eight. And I'm reading where it says, uh, what, uh, you know, uh, what, what a man give in exchange for his soul. And the Lord just kind of began to speak to my heart and said, you want to go to these families, these doctors, and let them know you pastor a local church and that maybe we could have a service there on the beach. And I was like, what? That's odd. You just walk up, hey, how you doing? Let's have church. And I felt like, you know, I was in a battle. I was like, well, you know, I mean, give them a track. And I'm going back and forth with the Lord. And I just kept reading. And it says, uh, whosoever is ashamed of me in this generation, I'll be ashamed of him. And I just kept, and the Lord just smote me. So I walked up to one of the families there, uh, one of the doctors, and I said, hey, I pastor a local church in the States. And normally I'm having service right now. We're stranded here. Uh, just wondered if you guys wanted to get together and, and uh, have, have service. He just kind of looked at me like a calf looking at a new gate for a little bit. And he's, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. So I'll never forget, we got these, uh, uh, we made a little, uh, these bench, like a U-shaped. All the family sat down. It was about 18 of us all together there. And they sat down. I led Amazing Grace. And I got up and I preached on that text, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I'm saying that to tell you this. I did not want to do that. But I knew God wanted me to do that. And God was speaking to my heart so clearly. Now, there's been times I, I didn't and regretted. But I listened. I preached the gospel. And, and I remember when we got on that plane on Monday. And I handed them all a gospel track. And, and let them, I remember going back later and seeing in our Google Analytics, New Zealand, that people were going and looking at our website to listen to the messages. 
I'd love to tell you they all got saved and all this. I have no idea. I just know the rock rolled off when I followed through with what I felt like God wanted me to do. God's going to speak to you through his word, but he's also going to speak to you through his spirit. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. And you just have to stay sensitive to the spirit's leading. Then I also want you to notice that God is going to speak to you through other people. He's going to speak to you through the body. Look at uh, Proverbs 11. Just give you a couple more and we'll get Pastor Miller up here. But Proverbs 11 and notice in verse number 14. He's going to speak to you through the body. Young people, God wants to speak to you. The creator of the world. He wants to speak to you. He's going to do it through his word. He's going to do it through the Spirit's leading, but he's also going to use others in the body and, and going to help you sometimes when it comes to decision-making and, and counsel. Proverbs 11, look at verse 14. Notice the Bible says, where no counsel is, the people what? But in the multitude of counselors there is, God can use another person in the body of Christ to speak to you. He can work through them. He may do it through you seeking wise counsel, uh, one of the biggest mistakes I see young people making is they go about making big decisions without sink, seeking wise counsel. And why, why is it? You ever wonder why that happens? Because there's so much at stake. Why do we do that? It's pretty simple. It's two, two, chapters, two uh, chapters later. It's, it's Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right unto a man. It seems right. Well, this seems logical. It seems right. But the end, therefore, are the ways of death. We should not make a decision, listen to me, folks, without hearing from God. And you can hear from God, from God using another Christian. Okay? The way of fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. Every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice make war. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying to you, God will help, uh, help use others to help you when it comes to decision making. It's called wise counsel. If you were to come to me and sit in my office and you said, you know, I, I need to make a big decision, what counsel would you give me? And we're just sitting there and I'm, I'm, I, I'd say this, the best advice I can give you, and, and some of you sitting here today, especially at this pivotal stage in your life, you, you have some big decisions to make that are really going to determine the outcome of your life. So it is vitally important to make the right decisions. And the way you make the right decisions is by hearing from God. And if you want to hear from God, he's gonna, you're going to have to start with his word. You're going to have to obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to have to have others, as we've heard this week, speak into your life through wise counsel. So you're in my office and you say to me, what do I do? I, I would say this. When, when somebody's you know, building a building, right? You got some things you'd like to do on the property here with the school and different things. They're going to start with the foundation and, and builders, they'll take the stakes and they'll line some things up. And, and this is the advice I would give you. You could write these down, just make a note of it. Say, number one, 
if you're going to make a decision, ask yourself the question, is it biblical? Is it biblical? That's not a hard one to figure out. Number two, number two. So you're lining up the stakes here. So is it biblical? Number two, is it practical? Is this a practical decision? Okay. Number three, have I gotten wise counsel? Have, have I talk, not, not talked to somebody who I know is going to give me the answer that, that I want to hear? That, that's not what you Don't go to somebody who's going to confirm a, 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 you know, a, what you really already want to do. Go to somebody who's going to speak into your life that's going to tell you the hard thing. Is it biblical? Is this a practical decision? Have I gotten wise counsel? And then lastly, and this fourth stake over here, very simple, is do I have peace about this decision? Now you're looking back and you're saying, okay, do all of these line up? Is it biblical? Is it practical? Have I gotten wise counsel and do I have peace? And I'll tell you what, this one, they're all important. There's not one that's any more important. But this one right here is one that can really, that last one, God's going to give you peace when it comes to taking that step of faith and making that decision. So God's going to speak to you through his word. God's going to speak to you uh, through the Spirit's leading, and then God's going to speak to you through others in the body of Christ. And then lastly, God's going to speak to you through his servants. Look at first, uh, 2 Samuel 12 is our last thought here. 2 Samuel chapter number 12. And this part is sometimes the harder part that I think not just young people but adults struggle with. And I, I'm just going to say as you're turning to 2 Samuel 12, God has ordained preaching. God has ordained ministers to speak into your life. To the lost world, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them. But unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. God's going to use your pastor. He's going to use the leaders in your church, the servants amongst you that sometimes are going to tell you the hard thing. They're going to tell you the hard thing. And it's such a blessing because in doing so, it can stop you from making a bad decision. Notice if you would, 2 Samuel 12, this is after uh, David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And you see in verse number one, follow me here, and the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came to him and said unto him, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children and did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man and he spared to take his own, of his own flock and of his own herd to dress the wayfaring man that was coming to him but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, watch this, the man that hath done this 
thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And here's the rebuke that we're talking about here. The end of verse 7. And Nathan said, Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Sometimes when your pastor gets up, as we would say, takes that bony finger, and he is just preaching as God as leading him, and that bony finger can go all the way to the very back pew or all the way through your, the callousness of our own hearts and say to us, thou art the man. God is, wants to speak to you and he's going to speak to you through your time in his word, through the spirits leading in your life, uh, through others in the body, and he's going to use your pastor and the leaders and your parents around you to tell you sometimes the hard things. Here's David. He's sitting there going, man, this guy, you ought to take care. I can't believe he did it. Wow. And then he says, you're the guy. It's a hard thing to accept sometimes, but that is the way God's ordained to speak to us. And he wants to speak to you. The struggle is, will we hear it? That, that's the struggle. Listening to God speak is so vitally important. Young people, can I just say this? You don't want to try to live your life without hearing from God. You need to hear from Him. He wants to speak to you. But you have to, you that have ears, let Him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So the question before us today, what is God trying to speak to you about? Maybe you're, I, I don't know, 99.9% .9 of you. What is God trying to speak to you about? Maybe you have a decision that you're in the midst of making. I don't know. Maybe you've got uh, uh, something that you have brought before the Lord, but maybe you haven't gotten wise counsel. Maybe, maybe God's leading you in a particular area, but you haven't lined up the stakes yet, and you don't really know. Understanding the ramifications of our decisions if we do not listen to God. How do we respond to the voice of God? Maybe God is trying to speak to you today about something. We read Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open, I will come unto him. Listening to God is one of the most important things that you and I can do. Sometimes he's just knocking on our, the door of our heart. Yes, salvation, no doubt about it. But it might be he wants to get a hold of us. Maybe he wants to use you in a greater way. But we have to, we have to be listening. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith under the churches. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for a book that tells us everything we need to know. Where we came from, how to live while we're here, most importantly, where we're going when we die. Father, I pray for the young people here today. Oh, dear God, decisions, decisions, decisions. Discerning the voice of God. 
I pray you'll use the truth of your word and this message to be a help and to be an encouragement to the young people here today. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give you the glory. For it's in Christ's name we pray. And amen.